Hello, folks, and thanks for joining us for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. Um, you might be asking yourself, what is Rec Poker? Well, we're a group of uh, recreational poker players who love the game. We love studying the game together. We love winning the game when we play against other recreational players. And uh, so we formed this free group to come and hang out and use the forums and post your hands and get responses and watch training videos. And you can go to rec.poker. Um, to find out more about that and sign up. And because we want to keep so much of it free, we got to thank our sponsors, Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino, and Website Amp. Um, and we got to also thank some of our premium members because it's like a co-op here. Uh, the members that join up, they pay a premium, they get to get more involved with our training material, our strategy material. And then there's members on the wrecking crew, like this group here that really run everything. Um, so if you don't know, uh, for instance, Kelly Stork, who's one of our premium members, I just want to give a shout out to Kelly's an amazing member uh, who's been supporting us for quite a while now, um, participates in our Marek Madness and has uh, dealt a few losses at the table to some of our panelists here as well. So Kelly, thank you for all your support and for being such a fun uh, member here. And also uh, Rob Diesel, Rob Delaney. Um, has been a member here for a long time. And uh, I haven't seen Rob in the uh, I haven't seen Rob in some of our strategy conversations um, lately, but I know he's out there enjoying poker. And like I say to all our premium members, you know, 15 bucks a month, even if you're not dipping your toe back in every month, it's still a great way to just help us keep the lights on, tell us that we're doing a great job. And we're always going to be here, baby. When it's time to come back and start crushing again, uh, you'll know where to find us. So um, I want to thank those two members and I want to open it up to the wrecking crew here. I guess I should say my name's Jim Reed. I'll be your host today, um, but I'm just one of the panelists here at Rec Poker. And if you want to find out more about me or the wrecking crew, you can go to rec.poker slash crew, or you can just listen up because you're about to meet them. Uh, you can uh, find me five by five or five B five on Twitter or five by five on poker stars. And I am Chris Jones. Hi, I'm Keith Brandt, uh, better daughter's monkey system everywhere. Rob Washam, uh, Rabman50, just about everywhere. I'm Taylor Moss. Uh, in the home game, I'm Gopher Boy TJM. And you can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore Moss. And uh, because I've got the best job in the world, I get to just hang out in this chair, or sometimes it's a standing desk. Lately, it's been a chair for a while um, on Monday nights and talk to some of the fun members of the poker world. Uh, tonight, we are excited to welcome to the first time. Uh, for the show here, Drew Gonzalez, who you might know better as Bet on Drew. Drew's a popular Twitch streamer, uh, poker player. He's active in the poker community, um, but it's his first time on the show. So, Drew, thank you so much for coming on the Rec Poker Podcast, man. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me, guys. This, no, I, this is fun. I, uh, I enjoy the concept behind what you guys are doing, and uh, I like it a lot. I respect it. Cheers. Cool. I saw you light up when I mentioned um, one of our premium members earlier. Is that a name that uh, was familiar to you or? Yeah. So I actually, for a second, I was like waving to this Rob because I thought this was our diesel. Oh, um, <laughs> but he's been a follower and like subscriber and supporter of my stream since like 2015, 2016. Like when I see our diesel, I think like, oh, geez. Yes. So, yeah, I, I was excited for a second. I thought that was him because I don't think I've ever seen a picture of him, but he's just always been like so supportive. And uh, so, yeah, I got excited for sure. Yeah, Rob. I mean, both Robs are amazing. This is Rob Washington. He's also amazing. Sorry, Rob. I'll get back <laughs> to you later. Uh, but Rob Diesel is just like he's super friendly, super active. He's always encouraging people. Um, I feel like he's just one of those people that every time I see him, he's got a smile on his face. I just wish there were more people like Rob, uh, Rob Delaney. Uh, for sure. The world. Yeah. And I see we're also getting joined yeah. here by uh, Kim Kilroy, pet vet, another yeah. member of the wrecking crew. Um, she might chirp in with a couple questions later as we go. Um, so first of all, yeah. I, I introduced you as a poker streamer. Uh, is that how you would introduce yourself? H how do you think of yourself in the poker world, Drew? And then I'll open it up to the panel here to get to know you a little better. So I, I, I think, yeah, poker streamer, but it's, it's kind of, feels like over the years it's gotten a little muddy the lines for me because i started off as i would play poker to make a living to to pay the bills and everything but then it started to progress into more so i almost feel like i'm a content creator that plays poker it's it's kind of like a weird 
like it's a cool question actually thinking about how things could have changed but like i'm kind of i feel like i'm a little bit of a recreational player in some senses because i don't necessarily devote all my time every single week to studying and um you know just focusing on the game i'm also thinking about my stream my youtube vlogs i'm thinking about now like tiktok and instagram like there's so many other things that i'm like focusing on that i feel a little recreational at times and i kind of i like it though because then it just feels like there's less pressure and i'm just focused on having fun and you know results seem to keep coming for some reason (laughs) (laughs) well it's amazing when you love what you do um the results come right like when you're just doing something that you're passionate about um i i've certainly found that in my life that it's one thing to to plan to go out and make a million dollars you know uh but if you just go out there and plan to do something that you're good at and that you really enjoy you know, people notice and, and, uh, and you also have to get very lucky. Like we, we probably both For sure. are true. <laughs> Agreed. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so, and you know, we had Clayton Fletcher on the show a while ago and he talked about, um, playing for the love of the game. Like that's where the word amateur comes from and how that's just, you know, kind of, as we're talking about, we, we wrapped just a little before we came on the show about the difference between being a professional player and sort of making a living in the world of poker. Um, so can you talk a little bit about like what, what that difference feels like to you? So it's interesting because you, you just made me think of a conversation I was having with somebody just at the stop I was at here in Florida, where there is, if you're just playing poker, kind of like for yourself to like make money, to pay bills and everything, you can kind of like put blinders on in a sense. And when you sit down at the table, headphones glasses shades space helmet whatever you know and then you just like i just need to focus on making best decisions i can and that's it i don't care about anything else but then once you kind of cross over to uh like poker personality streamer influencer whatever it's like there's a different kind of focus like i'm not just focused on me You know what I mean? I'm focused on, okay, I want to be a good ambassador for the game, like in my YouTube vlogs and whatever social media stuff I'm doing. And especially when I go to play live, a a live tournament, I sit down, you know, I have my like ACR patch on and people watch my stream and, you know, people will come up and say hi. And I want to like provide like a good experience for people. Like that's something I really care about when I sit down at the table, like I'll say hi, you know, what's going on and have little talk here and there. I don't like force it or anything, but like I'll engage. And I think people want to engage. They're just kind of a lot of the time, especially live poker, waiting for somebody to open that up, you know, and I I usually do. And I'm always pleasantly surprised at people that like genuinely want to engage in stuff. So like kind of being a good energy and making poker fun, you know, for everyone is my, I would say my top priority. I would have to say like, you know, I would sacrifice some like playing points for everyone's enjoyment points. If that makes sense. That makes total sense, man. You're talking to the right crowd for that, for sure. Um, that's, that's exactly what we kind of get at here. The, The fun of the game, people having a good time, the social aspect of it. Um, and you know, poker's poker's the game that we play while we're engaging in that. So um, I'm sure the rest of the panel here, here Taylor, why don't you jump in? Yeah, I, I was just gonna say uh, it, to kind of compliment you on that, Drew. I think you do an excellent job of being that ambassador for the game. I've had the pleasure of playing with you in Vegas uh, during some Orleans tournament. I think it was like a $300 buy-in multi-day flight that you may yeah. have done somewhat well in. Uh, Maybe it rings a bell with you, but during one of the earlier days, I I thought you did an excellent job, you know, engaging people. People were asking questions, asking about the patch, myself included, others at the table. Uh, You just brought a joy to the table. Uh, A lot of other times you play with players, they get into that space helmet uh, mentality, but I I think you did an absolutely excellent job of being an ambassador for the game. Uh, so kudos to you and uh, also kudos on that that tournament that uh, we happened to play each other uh, in uh, early on a day one. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah, that honestly, that means that gives me the chills. That means so much to me to, to hear that, you know, um, that I 
made you or anyone feel that way. And I did. I got. I got to throw this out there. I did win that tournament. I'm just. Okay. I know. I know. And I, <laughs> you were talking about sacrificing some some play to uh, entertain or you know be that nice guy. I don't think you sacrificed any play that day, did you? <laughs> maybe a little bit earlier maybe day one i'll sacrifice a little bit more than on like day two or like final tables and stuff i might reel it in a little bit and adjust but um yeah no that was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun oh the orleans i love that place i'm maybe a little biased but well it's gonna be uh summer camps coming back around the corner drew do you have any plans to get back down to vegas anytime soon for sure i uh man i've done so much i did so much traveling last year like for the first time and then now this year continuing with um you know the acr team pro like kind of part part of our i guess you could say duty in a sense is to like be out there playing live poker and you know representing the brand and everything so i've already done so much traveling this year but i get to be home here for like maybe three weeks and then i'm going to drive out to vegas and then we're going to be out there for two months we Mm -hmm. have we have a uh, ACR house again, and we're just going to be making a bunch of YouTube videos and documenting the journey. It's called the Punter's Pad. We made like 20, <laughs> 20 24 episodes last uh, fall. Right. Yeah, oh, that sounds that sounds fun, man. We had yeah. uh, we had a rec poker house down there um, last year, and it's a great way to spend time with good people and you know talk about hands and um, it, a lot of the fun happens in between the tournaments, right? It's just it, For in sure. that time that you're living. Um, and so it's hard to, especially down there, I, everyone's playing tournaments. No one knows what time you're going to be out. Um, so it's kind of, it's harder than you'd think to coordinate social stuff. Uh, it's, no one it's knows so hard free and yeah. So really living together or, or spending a few days at, at a house or something like that. It's just a great way to, uh, to, uh, socialize and to have some fun while you're down there. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. You Chris. Uh, Drew, actually, because you mentioned punters pad, I kind of want to ask you a little bit about that. Um, yeah, that was I was I thought that was a really great series. It, it, you know, I think it was it was had some surprising pieces. It had a lot of energy to it. It kind of showed what it's like to stay in Vegas for a summer and not just not just the poker side of it, but kind of the whole aspect of it. And I'm I'm curious um, how two things about that. Like, where do you, like do you? Do you all plan that together? Where do you come up with the content for that? And, and what what are you planning for? Uh, I guess, do we call it season two? of Punter, Punter's Pad 2. Punter's Pad yeah, 2. Yeah, Punter's Pad 2. Okay. Uh, so it was since ACR started building up their Team Pro, there's definitely been a bit of a focus on acquiring content creators, you know, like myself, John, Ebony. And we did projects with uh, ACR leading up leading up to them really starting to expand out on their team pro and then leading into the WSOP, it was going to be our first WSOP with like our big team and we needed to capture the content in some way. So we, we have a monthly, sometimes bi-weekly team pro meetings and we'll just talk about uh, concepts, things that are going on, promotions that are coming up. And then as we were leading into this, we kind of just started talking about we should be creating content. And uh, since uh, Melanie has come on, she manages the team pro. Like she's just very on top of her stuff, very organized. So the punters pad one was a trial. We're like, okay, last fall, last one at, at the Rio. Like, let's just see what happens here. And then we, you know, brought on a couple of other team members, uh, producers, editors, things like that to help us do it because we had to just focus on playing, obviously, and like doing our challenges and all the other stuff. But uh, so we did a lot of brainstorming. But as far as the content pieces go, we kind of all worked together, I feel like, on a good bit of them. Of course, the production team did stuff, too. But then the challenges is kind of like a part of poker, I feel like, especially us coming from. Uh, like Bill Perkins Thirst Lounge, like a big part of that. And when you're like hanging out with someone like him, you know, who does all these crazy prop bets and everything, like you kind of just get into that mode and it makes the daily things that you might have to go through a little bit more fun. So we tried to incorporate that the WSOP runs and whatever happened on the spot because we never knew when we were going to make a day two. So there was filming and recording and then up, oh, but something happens, it happens. And then sometimes it did. And we just managed to kind of get lucky with some content. Some of it was planned out for some like downtime and the punters pad two, obviously one was decent enough that ACR was like, okay, let's run it back. And this time we got an even 
bigger house than what we had last time. And it's going to be really, really cool. We have like a, we have like a bowling alley, I think in the house and what? we're going to like, yeah, I know. Right. It's like, uh, really like a basketball <laughs> court, sauna, some crazy house, but like, they're really trying to like, okay, what can we do with this? So we're going to like, for instance, I'm, we're planning right now, like a, a bowling tournament, like with, you know, other like poker players, content creators, and just again, trying to have fun with poker, like punter's mm. pad, listen to the name. Do you get what mm. I'm saying? It's not GTO house. It's <laughs> punter's pad. Like we're out there. We're still winning though. You know, we had two trophies last, last punter's pad. We had two trophies, multiple deep runs from everyone. So again, it's just trying to have fun with it, bring mm. the experience for so many of those people who don't get to go out there to Vegas and experience WSOP. Hey, check out the punter's pad, you know, follow the ACR team pros and like, this is like what they're doing. Um, so yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Well, that's right up our alley, man. Like I, I constantly remind people like, yeah, well this, this is the rec poker podcast, you know, <laughs> like you mm-hmm. know, we're, yeah. we're <laughs> there's a lot, there's other places to go to get your very particularly high level, uh, high level stuff and, and your more polished material, but, uh, we love it. That's, that's why we do it. So let's talk a little bit about, um, sort of what, what got you started in poker and, and how you got, your chops and how you got to this point in the game. Like what, what got you interested in poker originally? And then how did you decide to, to take it seriously and to take this, these next big steps that you took? So it was kind of a, maybe it's played out story at this point, but I saw this man in 2003, whose last name was moneymaker. No way. Win the world series main event. Was like, <laughs> what are you saying? Like, what? I, Honestly, though, like, what are the odds? Like, money maker wins the main event, causes poker boom. Like, that's just like, give me a break. Like, that's scripted somehow, right? Somewhere. I t- totally agree. Yeah. Uh, but I, my actually, my my college roommates at the time found it first, and then I I was uh, like hanging out in my room a lot. I had a girlfriend that went to a different college, so I was over there. You know what I mean? On the messenger. Oh, I just got back from class. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> and. So I came out, I remember, and they were playing poker. They had the World Series on TV, and they were just playing with a bunch of bottle caps. And first couple of times I saw it, it was like, okay, no, I don't have time. But then one Saturday I came out, and they were doing it again. I was like, oh, okay, what are you guys doing? You know, and then that was like the, the start of it. And it's funny, when I first played with them, they didn't know that you had to, they were playing a tournament, but they didn't know you had to increase blinds. So we didn't know when the game ended. We would just play for hours, and like nobody would ever get like short, and we were just all super deep. So it's like, when, when do we stop? But that was like my first poker experience. And then that progressed to years of being very recreational because that was whatever early 2000s. And then I would say I was a recreational player until 2010. And then I kind of got sick of my real world job. I was doing home healthcare recruiting and I just wanted my freedom really at the end of the day. And I was making a little bit of money, like every month from poker. I was like playing part-time when I got home from work, I was making three to $500 playing MTTs on a small site, carbon poker. Uh, you guys might remember carbon poker and, uh, yeah, I was getting like a check cause checks were a thing. And, you know, every two weeks like, Oh, okay, this is cool. So confidence was a little high. And I was like, man, you know what, if I'm ever going to try to make this poker thing work, like now is the time. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to have regret at the end of my life. Like, I wonder if I would have like tried the poker thing, if it would have worked. And that was started to like rise to the, to the front of my mind. And then I remember I had a score for like 2,500. I had like 2,500 in my bank account. So I had like 5,000 to my name, something like that. And I was like, my girlfriend just got a job. She was away on training. I was like, all right, like this is maybe not best timing, but I'm I'm a kind of a feel player or a gut player a lot of the times, even with life. And I was like, oh, wow, like I'm going to I got to do this now. And I just like don't think before I like second guess myself if I get like a good feeling. And then, yeah, that was 2010. And I just like dove in and so much has happened in between 2010 and, and 2021. Uh, I, I really don't even like know where to start. Like 20, I'll give you, I'll give you the highlights and then you can, you can, we can go from there. But like 2010 quit real world job, pray and hope that the poker thing will work out. And then luck was there in the beginning. And then I fast forward to 2015, 
2015, the end of 2015, I found out about streaming. I was like, oh, what's this? What's this button do? And I started clicking. And then uh, 2016, I got committed. And then early 2016, I got partnered on Twitch. I was like, oh, I'm doing this, huh? Mm-hmm. And I've since then I have been streaming has been everything for me since then that 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 was the other income that was my stable income, you know, the streaming and everything and then the poker playing and everything else that came around it. That was really when everything I would say started for me and how I got to where I'm at now because the fact that I started streaming and creating content and then YouTube videos and then once you're streaming, you have to be, you know, doing your social media stuff and it just really snowballed to where I accidentally positioned myself after again to also the streaming got me on to Bill Perkins Thirst Sounds project, which that that was a, that was a, a game changer there because I got sure. exposed to a lot of big name, different people and kind of like put under the fire, like, OK, do something. And, you know, again, luck comes into play. And here I am now talking to you guys about it pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to hear, man. So what um what do you what are this what are, what are the parts of poker itself that you still get excited about or that you still enjoy or that like make you smile when you think about it? Because I'm sure you've been playing in this sort of like you know semi-professional capacity for long enough. Um, mm-hmm. that it's probably changed a bit since what the things that used to excite you. Yeah, for sure. So I, I really like the psychological stuff that happens around poker, live or online. Like we're, I love that we're kind of like, in a sense, creatures of habit. Like it's cool seeing the trends and patterns we fall into, but also there's so much, like I haven't played a lot of live poker, for instance, in relation to my online poker, I have a gazillion more hands online than live. So for me, what's really fun is to still be figuring stuff out. Like I have so many notes on my phone from the last 10 to 15 poker trips and it's just like fascinating to me i was like oh wow like when this guy did this it meant this and i'm like taking notes and just kind of like learning so like i guess the part that i still have a lot of fun with in poker is the learning i almost don't want to like figure it out no because Do you get what I mean in a sense? Oh, yes. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Where's the fun in that? Like, just, yeah, just like you might as well just run this, the bots against each other if you've actually figured it out. Like, yeah, like I just want to keep, I'm, I'm still very much so with poker led by my curiosity. Like, I'll do some stupid or silly play that I know I probably shouldn't, <laughs> but I'm kind of curious because I saw something happen here and that curiosity leads me to a lot of cool places. And I'm still just honestly having a lot of fun with the game, but. I've also burnt out before at times in the Mm. past, and I know how to kind of keep myself from that. Like I prioritize making sure I'm still having fun playing poker. It's I'm not pushing myself to any sort of like I've done the the goal things at times, like stream X amount of hours, play X amount of games, make X amount of profit. Like there's some a lot that I've learned there. But for me, over the years, I have come to the conclusion that I want to keep things simple uh, and fun. Mm-hmm. for you know what i'm putting out to my viewers and also like for myself i just want to be having fun so i've simplified a lot of things and uh try not to put too much pressure on myself but just enough you know i still need a little pressure right yeah, yeah. Well, it, we do we're human right we need a little pressure we need to, to feel good when we succeed and to hurt when we fail you know like that's how we learn and that's how we you know become better at things and uh how we can you know know the difference between good things and bad things so yeah, for sure. That, for sure. Um, so, and I, you know, anyone who's watching along on uh, YouTube as we broadcast this live, feel free to enter any questions in uh, uh, the chat there, or our members here can just unmute if they like, our wrecking crew members. Um, I wanted to know, or here, Taylor, yeah, please. Oh, yeah, I was going to jump in quick. Um, <clears throat> but you're talking about your stream and uh, your schedule there. What does your schedule look like these days? Because it does seem like you're you're playing a lot live you've got the wsop coming up uh are you going to be streaming at all during the wsop or you know what does your kind of twitch schedule look like so i'm definitely going to be streaming while i'm at wsop i'm gonna look to maintain my home game on wednesday nights because i to be honest streaming has given me so much that i feel like even if i were to win win the main event twice i would still be streaming because my community has given me so much it's like i want to keep streaming fun too and i'm still going to be playing poker so it's like i don't play too much 
too many sessions if I'm not streaming because I feel for me at this point, I feel bad if I'm not streaming. It's like I could be streaming, you know, somebody would love to be watching, you know, even if it's just one person, you know, that's uh, that's great. So uh, I always try to mix in streaming. I hate when my stream is off for more than a week. It like messes with my head. So typically, like right now, I am back until I leave for WSOP. I'm going to be streaming at least taking tomorrow off. I need to like still have like an office day and stuff. But past that, I'm going to be streaming minimum four days a week. Is kind of like where my sweet spot is at, like right around four days. And then during uh, the WSOP, it's going to be just Wednesday mostly, but there's also going to be days where I'll probably stream like a Sunday grind or there'll be like the online bracelet events. Like I'll one table those and stream those. So you probably max will be like two streams a week while I'm out in uh, Vegas and then everything else kind of revolving around making punish pad videos and playing live poker. So about half the stream time when I go play like for a long period of time like that, but usually I'm streaming like four days a week and then working on all my other content. Nice. Good, yeah. good to know. We're still at least two main event titles away from you canceling your home. Game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That, that's good. But I, I also wanted to follow up with one more thing. Cause we talked about one of your OGs, Rob Diesel. Yeah. Um, did you also know there's another overlap with the rec poker bet on drew? I believe it was last season or maybe the season before of your home game. Uh, Keto man. Uh, he is a he's a rec poker OG, and he took down your uh, season six title season six or something. Like, yep, yeah, six. yeah. Keto, he's one of us. Uh, nice, so nice. I'm surprised our paths haven't crossed, but uh, shout out to Keto Man on winning shout the Keto Man. season yeah, yeah. six bet on Drew title. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's another cool thing. Kian, yeah. if you're listening, way to go, man. I see Kian popping up all over the place, too. He was getting referenced on the Poker Guys. He was on uh, some other podcast as well recently. He was on the Learn Pro Poker video that we were using for our study group last week. Uh, Kian, it's not just wine. This guy knows his stuff. Way to go, man. Nice, nice. I like that. <laughs> uh, Kim, you had something you wanted to jump in here with? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was in uh, Reno 9 in 2019 and played in the Moneymaker event. It's one of my favorite stops is running up Reno and played in the event that you won the Platinum Pass. Oh, nice. And That's awesome. I'm assuming you have yet to play that Platinum Pass. Platinum Pass. Correct. I have not played it yet, but PokerStars did recently about uh maybe it's a month ago at this point announced that we're finally going to be playing it in uh end of january 2023 but it's moving from barcelona to the bahamas now right right excellent well congrats on that those are some of my chips you took to the end there. <laughs> thanks so much they, they, were, they were they were they were good luck for me honestly they, they really were and i love to honestly i i i want to like shout out like the uh uh, run it up Reno stop. I've never had so much fun playing a live tournament series as I did in 2019 there. And I, I plan to never miss another run it up Reno, but then of course COVID and everything happened, but it is literally for it. It is the most fun stop. It's like no, people aren't there to necessarily compete and be headphoned and scarfed and space helmeted out of their minds. You know, they're there to socialize to do the social hours after you know on uh it was it was just literally based around fun i feel like and it was the best i loved it so much yeah me too it's one of my favorites and i really hope they come back soon me too me too i will be there i will see you there kim yeah for sure you will and Uh um what are you doing to prep for that anything for the WSOP or the oh the for the platinum pass yeah so i'm going to now that I know when it's happening, I had an agreement with some of my backers that I was going to hire some coaches and kind of do like a picture, you know, Rocky for training in the, uh, the cold <laughs> mountains and stuff like that. You know, I want to do like one of those things and really prepare for it because it's a huge moment. And I, I need to make sure that I'm a well-oiled machine leading up to that. So I'm going to pay for some coaching. I'm, of course, going to like refine my game and make sure I can get as many eyes on it and just really prepare. It's going to be a $25,000 buy-in and I've never played one of those. I mean, who has like, that's insane to even say out loud. Yes, it is. So 
Yeah, I definitely want to give the best value for anyone who has a piece because I have pieces of that out there. So there, there are people who've been following my stream and who uh, bought some of my Run It Up uh, Reno package back in 2019 who've been waiting for years for this sweat. That's pretty cool. That that's good. That's a hell of a uh, staking uh, win on their part, right? They go go take a piece of your uh, Run It Up, and now they get a piece of this Platinum Pass action. Yeah, nice work, man. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So what are some other, um, cause fun is kind of our word around here. Uh, what are some other fun stops and what, like when you just think about some live events that you've played, what are some fun ones and what makes them fun? Like, what is it about them that's different? So, you know what? It, it I think it kind of starts with the room as well. The room kind of sets the tone. So going up, like run it up Reno, for instance, which what we'll call the pinnacle of like fun poker series right? They built it that way. You know, they have all the Twitch streamers coming. It's kind of like a Twitch poker con in a sense, uh, what run it up Reno was. And then they had all the like social events, the comedy hour and all these other things that they had planned after there was like the open bar on the tournament floor, the games. If you just look at the games that they were offering, the bomb pots, the games that other places weren't offering PKOs, they figured it out and they mm-hmm. had mixed games. Um, just, you know, they they clearly were trying to just have a good time, get people into other games. So, like, I just got back from the Run Good uh, poker series down at South Florida. And they have kind of a, a similar vibe to them as well, is they want to facilitate a fun experience. So uh, I got very similar vibes with them and their team. So, again, I kind of think that it starts with the people organizing it because then also it was uh the Seminole coconut creek mm-hmm. down there now they don't necessarily normally let you film and everything but they had a ambassador bounty tournament where i was an ambassador in and they were much more lenient about stuff and there's like a kind of a bar there not that that's necessary but you know they're facilitating like a a fun environment and uh i think it really starts with the organization setting it up really because there's going to be other series like kind of anything at the Borgata is going to be kind of like not revolving around fun. It's like, Hey, we, we have to do this or we're, you know what I mean? <laughs> like we just have to do this. We're going to run this series because we have to. So like get here, you're going to be lucky if you kind of get a seat, you want to wait six hours. We got you, you know, just <laughs> stuff like that. It's, it really starts with, I feel like, passionate poker players passionate poker rooms the orleans by the way i've had incredible like great experiences there um mm. just the, the the vibe there also is just chill they're not you know um ryan i think is the main floor there but he he's you could tell it just trickles down to to be completely honest it trickles down from the floor to the people setting up the series and that could just be everything so mm. in my opinion yeah, we love Run Good. We often will do a rec poker road trip down to a, a Run Good event that's in the area, and uh, it's and just like you said, it starts at the top. They're trying to have fun. They're trying to make it a fun event, and it and it shows. So yeah, I mean, that, yeah, for great. sure. So we got a couple uh, questions from the YouTube chat here. Uh, so so cool, cool. Joe Cool just goes off to say, "Radman rocks." It's a little defense of this one Rob that we're stuck with here tonight because uh-huh. Rob uh, Delaney was not available. You know, sorry, there's nothing we could do. Um, and we got some nice comments from Martha, who's always, uh, oh, Martha, whose last name is now displayed in the chat. So maybe it's time that we should, uh, well, maybe we'll save that for the community section. Um, the other thing, uh, type login uh, has asked, so a live PKO, how? Mm-hmm. And I know this is something that is an issue. People talk about this all the time. It's really complicated to do a progressive knockout. Right. Um, live a normal knockout is just it's a simple bounty the bounty doesn't change but in a yeah. progressive knockout as you take more people out your bounty increases as well online that's very easy to keep track of but how did they do that live and is that something that is going to be a barrier to other people trying to do that again i mean they did it i didn't hear of any issues and stuff with it so i really think it's just a matter it there's a little bit of extra work because if i remember correctly so uh we would start with because it's progressive, uh, you knock somebody out, they'll have like kind of kind of like lammers, not really little uh, like small blind, big blind type of chips mm-hmm. that would represent uh, like 100 each, let's say. 
Okay, so then uh, we start with one and then you have like your cash one. And then as you knock people out, like if I knock somebody out and they had like three of the $50 there, like when I knock them out, I would take their $350, but then the floor would come over and then give me like 150. They would give the matching stuff in cash right away. And then your, your oh. personal bounty would be represented by the chips that kept building up. And then okay. whoever knock you out, basically cash out those chips and not really cash out. They would obtain them and add them to their pile, but then they would get the real money value for them. Do you know what I mean? I think so. I think I do. So they're actually, you're getting paid in cash by the room um, as you, as the tournament progresses for the yeah. knockouts and they, and you just track your own bounty by the chips that you keep uh, to, to, to hand off to whoever takes you out. Is that essentially it? right? So it's a, it's a bit more work obviously for the floor, yes. but I imagine it in a setting like that where it's not going to be like, I mean, they, they had some, some big tournaments, but uh, they went for it and I, I thought it was mm-hmm. great. It was like, wait, how are we going to do this? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right, sweet. Well, and and I think, you know, like knockouts are a great format. It's my kind of poker, um, too. So just personally speaking, I love the idea of just like getting those chips in there and seeing Mm -hmm. who's going to walk home with uh, with the most. Um, So that's great. So that's encouraging. So I want to I we're coming up. I you've been very generous with your time and uh, drew no matter how long we go. Uh, we're going to leave the audience wanting more. So we're going to have to have you back on the show at some point in the next little while. I'm already looking forward to that. Um, but I always try and ask our guest, if you had one piece of advice for recreational players playing poker today, um, the players that you see in the home game or, uh, you know, that you, 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 you know, you know, the problems that, that players at a level beneath you are struggling with at the table. What are some mm-hmm. good pieces of advice that, that recreational players like us could use to improve? You know what? I I don't know if I thought you might ask this or something, but <laughs> this comes this comes up a lot and I think a lot about this. I really try to put myself in like the people who watch my stream, the people who like uh you know support and I know are not full-time players. I really try to think about that a lot. And um there was this tweet. Oh, here here. So one of the people who like watches my stream and stuff, they were like, um, they did some, they're starting to journal. And then one thing they wrote down was in their journal, ask as many poker questions as possible, even if it's a dumb one, got to stop being scared of judgment. And I, mm. I love that. Mm. And this is my, this leads into my, uh, what I would suggest to any recreational poker players out there is holy crap. Do not care what anyone says about your game. Your, your play, if you did X, Y, Z, whatever, because the fact of the matter is, is recreational players and even seasoned players, because people can get under anyone's skin, really. But I feel like if you're like more of a professional, you're used to it. But as a recreational player, literally don't take any negative comments or criticism from anyone else based on the way that you're playing the game because first off it's your money you play however you want to play with your money you know what i mean uh we're all at different stages of learning and growing and we have different time and energy to invest into poker nobody knows your situation so if somebody were to judge you say something to the live poker table um some uh, snooty comment based on something you did take a second and realize that like where that's coming from okay they're making judge they're passing judgment onto you without knowing anything about you like how much time you have to invest if you're recreational you know if you care about money like they they literally have no information to judge you or reason to judge you and it's like one of those people when they start pointing their finger at you they're pointing three fingers or four fingers i guess depending how back back at themselves so literally do not take what people say and that negative energy and just have fun playing the game. Uh, actually, can I tell you a quick story, please based on that? So this, this is a, this is kind of a crazy story. <laughs> well, this now nah, maybe it's crazy, but <laughs> so I was up at turning stone for the first WSOP circuit in New York. Uh, recently it was maybe two or three months ago. And I was at a table. It was a $600 buy-in event. I was in the nine seat and this guy was uh, sitting in the like eight seat. He was to my right and he was very new. You could tell he was new and he was so new that there were situations where he was calling or like betting out a turn a bunch of times and just like all over the place. 
so so bad to the point that other people at the table were thought that he was trolling and like trying to like act like he didn't know anything to like gain some sort of edge. I I was even sitting there. I was like, I don't know if this guy is serious or not right now. Like if he really doesn't know like anything. And it, it got to a point where he was like asking questions, but people couldn't tell if he was joking or not. So it got to a point where a couple of people started to get maybe a little snooty or started to like ignore mm. him. And then we got on break and he mumbled under his breath and he goes, wow, if this is how tournament poker is, I don't think I'm ever going to play again. Right. And, and I heard him because right. I was still like doing my Instagram story and like taking a picture of my chips and stuff. And then I was like, sir, can I ask you, like, are you, are you actually new? Because there's this thing with like poker, like some people will act stupid and act like they're new to <laughs> try to like gain an edge or something but he had like a a confident energy which I, I think why it was kind of a little confusing and then so he told me he was like no i just saw that you know i'm from new york he had the accent and everything so that checked out and he was like i just saw that the wsop was in town you know i have played cash games and stuff before but i've never played a tournament i was like in your first tournament's a 600 dollars buy-in he's like I have so much money. Um, <laughs> he's like, he's like this doesn't, you know what I mean? Really like matter to me it, or however he phrased it. Right. Yes. I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, well, so you're, re- you are really new. And then him and I started talking and I explained it to him and he asked me what my patch was. And we talked for a little bit. I was like, Oh, don't worry about it. They're just confused. Uh, don't take it personal, you know, because I saw it as like, Oh man, if this is his first experience, and we talked about this earlier, you know, about I, I think a lot about this. I was like, oh, this is terrible. And to whatever scope we like look at this, like I, I just think that it's kind of bad for the ecosystem, you know? And and I would hate to think that this guy came and had a terrible experience and I was just sitting right there. So I started to talk to him more and showed him my YouTube channel and encouraged him. I was like, okay. And then when we got back, I was like, okay, so a couple of things. Always look at the dealer. The dealer will be looking at you if it's your turn. So you don't act out of turn. I was like, just, you know, I, so I gave him like a couple pointers. That's a good one. Uh, and he's like, oh, wow. He's like, that was great. He's like, I'm never going to act out of turn now. I'll just like look at the dealer. And if they're looking at me, I'll know it's my turn. And it was like simple, but he was very thankful for it. And then, so long story short, he has played poker nonstop since that moment. Mm-hmm. He just stopped in to play that tournament. He went down to play his first WPT $3,500 main event in Florida. He drove down there right after turning stone. And then he knew I was going to Cherokee right after he's done with the WPT. He drove up to Cherokee for the WSOP circuit, played all that. Uh, we exchanged numbers. He's texting me these massive notes about like how he's like dissecting stuff and looking at it. Cause he's very, very smart. Yes. He, he's, a very, he's a successful businessman. Yeah. And now he, and then he went to, he was just at the run good stop. He literally has, cause he has freedom with his job because he's been doing it for over 30 years. Um, he's in insurance. So he has a lot of freedom. Now, all he's doing is he's watched all my YouTube videos. He's like, who are the best people in poker? Um, who are the biggest names? I told him. And then now he's like telling them like, I'm coming for you on Twitter. I'm watching all your videos. And he's like, so into it. Like so diehard into it, going to every single stop, watching every single video and like texting me about it. And um, yeah, so it's it's as far as again, now going back to the main point, the recreational player advice going out there is like, don't let people bother you because who knows, like, wouldn't it suck to have like denied him like the amount of joy that he's having right now, just Mm -hmm. because he would have listened to some other people or I might not have been there to be like, oh, hey, no, that they just don't understand whatever, like and answered some questions. So I think we can all you know, be that person to someone else and like encourage them. And if you see other people like talking negatively at the table to someone, you know, maybe, maybe you say something, maybe it's not in the exact moment. Uh, maybe you say something afterwards. Like, Hey, you know, don't worry about what that guy said. Um, he sucks anyway. I don't know what you would say, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> That's great, man. Uh, Chris, do you have a response for that? No, I just, I love that story so much because mm. and I think, I think it's so uh, it's so important. And like you mentioned, the ecosystem is just so important to foster people's experiences that 
you know, and people can come to the game that you really want to ha- be there, right? Like an inexperienced businessman with a lot of money <laughs> who's like, I mean, that's somebody you really want at your table, right? I mean, but you really want them. To, and so it, and I feel like people sometimes work against their own interests in making it sometimes this sort of adversarial experience, mm-hmm. sometimes this like, oh, you know, you're, you're a moron because you're doing X, Y, Z. And I just, I love that story, Drew, um, that you did a whole service for the whole poker community. And I think if we all did that and took that upon ourselves, I think uh, the ecosystem would be just growing and a lot healthier too. For sure. I mean, even just thinking about like, if you got, did you guys see that Hustler live uh, stream? Heard last about night? it. Heard about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like thinking about like Phil. So for those of you who didn't see it, it was an incredible opportunity for our game to get like a ton of new eyes on it because of these big content creators that were playing in this high stakes uh, cash game. And they, they got such a good cast of content creators. They're a great mix and everything. And then Phil Helmuth loses one big pot when he, he gets kind of owned. And um, she played great. Um, Andrea um, uh, Botez. And she wins this one big hand versus Phil. And Phil literally from that point forward just cries and complains. And it's just like buddy do you not understand what's happening here do you not understand how important it is to like geez man even just like be happy to lose this is a spot <laughs> to be happy if you lose and yeah. that these content creators and their friends want to like start playing more poker they want to get on the show it's like oh phil you you, you gotta know man like he's not only setting an example but like come on how do you not know you know what i mean yeah. So uh, now more than ever, right? I mean, I'm not going to drag you into the whole cheating allegations. We're already at the end of the show and uh, you've been on the road a lot. So for those who don't know, Drew basically got out of the car and into the booth to do this show with us tonight. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, now more than ever, a, a great opportunity to put, put a good taste for poker in people's mouths too. Right? Exactly. A hundred percent. That's exactly it right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one person who's out there who's uh, putting a good taste for poker in people's mouths, Drew, bet on Drew Gonzalez. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, we like to throw out Twitter handles. And I know in your case in particular, uh, where can they find the stream and how can they get more involved with you? Okay, sweet. So for me, I have kept it simple. Everything is bet on Drew. Bet on Drew and everywhere. My Twitter what a pro. is bet on Drew. My Instagram is bet on Drew. My TikTok, which is something new that I'm getting into since I've been playing a bunch more live poker. That's a very interesting uh, space, but I've been having fun with that. Bet on Drew and the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash bet on Drew as well. And I think that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Or you could just go to betondrew.com. All my socials, everything is on there. My biggest YouTube videos, every, my, my, little, my little hub. See these professionals, they just, they have it all figured out. They've got one handle in every location. Uh, nice, nicely done, Drew. And thanks again for coming on and sharing some of your story and, uh, and some tips. And I think we're going to have to drag you back in here another time soon and, and talk sure. again. Just, yeah, definitely. Let me know. I appreciate your guys' time and uh, having me on. <laughs> right on. Well, we're going to transition. We're going to start talking about some home game results and uh, pump some people up for some cool stuff happening in the rec poker community over the next little while. Uh, so feel free to let yourself off and go decompress after a lot a long drive and uh, trust me you'll be hearing from us again in no time sweet sounds good thanks guys see everyone all right take care all right bye so we actually got a couple weeks to get through here because um, we recorded our David Lappin interview at an earlier time and we didn't have all the uh, home game results so I'm just going to blast through two weeks here Uh, Micmac 1024 Virginia Neely uh, won won the daily or the nightly event Uh, GF Hawk Eric Romo back in the winner's circle winning his sixth daily and his 14th of uh, all time. Uh, Philip Fuhrer, MN Ted, wins his uh, another nightly tournament, 19th of all time. So we've got some crushers really showing their uh, their ways here. Uh, Michael Babker's back. He won a daily, um, his 16th of all time. And BD under, BD under Kevin Kelsenberg. Kevin, I haven't seen in a while. Uh, but I'm so glad to see him showing up here, taking home the April 22nd bronze pin. Uh, Mark Kiki, that's Kiki Sr., came around on April 23rd and broke some hearts. Uh, Bone Crusher Marcel Dusik uh, was a winner in the mixed event. Uh, that's great. Marcel's been uh, getting more involved um, recently and is a real friendly character, so I'm glad to see I'm um, finding some success in the mixed games. And then Roadstar Randy Smith 
uh, picked up his win in the international series. And Hunter Hawes, one of the Hawes clan, uh, picked up his seventh win. Um, and that was Randy's 12th. And then Chris Room, Night Owl, or Night Owl 1, uh, who we've bumped into in the winner's circle here a few times, won the Learn Pro Poker Sunday night tournament. So Chris, email me, jim at rec.poker, because you, sir, have won a whole month of Learn Pro Poker uh of Learn Pro Poker membership. Uh, so you're going to love that. That's a great prize. They have a ton of amazing videos and other learning content back there. Ways to engage with Ryan LaPlante personally. Um, it's a fantastic uh, site. We love Learn Pro Poker here. And then and if we want to tie it in with the um, guest we just had, there's yes. a one-on-one coaching session between Ryan LaPlante and Bet on Drew uh, that go. they did uh I think it's about a couple of years old now, but that's in their archive. So you can go and watch Ryan LaPlante talk to Bet on Drew about poker, their, his game, and all that stuff. So there you go. Tie it all in. Uh, so, Chris Room, congratulations on the win. Uh, send me that email. And everyone else, yeah, you heard me right. It's a free community league you can enter. We play in play money, it costs nothing to join. Um, but every Sunday you can win a whole month at LPP for free. And we've got a few other exciting prizes. It's not just the pins anymore, um, but we'll get into more of that a little later. We got a sign on the dotted line in a couple spots, but I'm excited to see what's coming down the pike. Um, so then we got a whole new week of winners. Eric Anderson, uh, who you know him if you're a Rec Poker member, he's posting in the forums. He's in the strategy conversations. Eric's a great uh, contributor to what we're doing here. And our own Kim Kilroy, Fergie56, coming in on April 26th to win her 24th uh, all-time rec poker tournament. So making some serious waves over there. Uh, Jeff S. J. Sedum came in with another daily. We've been seeing a lot of Jeff lately. Uh, Jacob Kiki, that's Kiki Jr., but he wears the pants when it comes to a number of overall titles. That's 33 uh, for Jacob, in case you're still keeping count, I'm going to need that's I'm out of toes and uh, fingers at this point. So I'm going to need to start breaking out the abacus if I'm going to keep track of Jacob Kiki's wins. Kathy Chang, Aces 54 320, um, who's a great mixed game uh, fan and a wonderful uh, member here at Rec Poker, um, actually wins the No Limit Hold'em uh, nightly event for her eighth all time. The Tuck Brian Cole uh, wins their second nightly. Um, Uncle Tom's Cabin, a different Jeff S, uh, won the mixed game on uh, April 30th. That's their 16th Rec Poker Hold'em tournament and their first mixed. Then My Booty came in and rocked the international event. Uh, Kim, I think you and I know who My Booty is, but their name is uh, technically restricted as private on here. So we'll just shout out a Canadian uh, fan and congratulations to that person there. And then on April 30th, Giggles, Bao Vang won their very first rec poker tournament. It was the international afternoon event. So congratulations, Bao. And I hope that it's not your last. Uh, finally, Philip Fuhrer is back, having won the LPP Sunday night tournament. So MN Ted, Phil, a perennial winner here. Uh, don't be afraid to email me, jim at rec.poker. And you too can join the crowd over there at Learn Pro Poker. I do recommend it. It is a lot of fun. Um, okay. So what else is happening? This uh, episode is going to come out on Tuesday. If you are listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday, then you can still join us for the focus with Sky Matsuhashi. That's going to be on Wednesday night. Um, every month we invite a different pro or developer to come and talk to us about the theme of the month. Chris Jones has been putting a different theme of the month together. Uh, this month, it's going to be range construction and uh, bet sizing as, as they influence each other, pre-flop range construction. So uh, Sky is going to be joining us to talk about uh, how to get the most out of Flopzilla. And uh, we're going to be going through... Uh, which is a phenomenal tool. We don't have an affiliate uh, relationship with them, but everyone should go drop the 30 bucks one time and go buy Flopzilla. It's going to bring your game to a whole new level, but you don't have to take my word for it. Join me and the rest of the gang here in Sky Matsuhashi on Wednesday, and uh, we can we can go through all that together and see uh, what a great what, how much you can get out of it. That's on Wednesday, May 11th, just to be clear for folks. And uh, let me see what else is going to be happening. Rob, I know if people are tuning in live on YouTube, it's not too late for them to join the book study this week. Yes, the book study this week. Um, we're going to start the first chapter 
of Endgame Poker Strategy by Dara O'Carney with Barry Carter. Um, kind of following up with our theme from April, which was ICM, now we're going to go in-depth in into that book and really try to get a handle on it. This is geared towards our group, recreational poker players. So um, the, the entire book is geared towards amateur and recreational poker players. So it's a great opportunity to get a, a good fundamental understanding of ICM for us novices, I guess you could say. Yeah, and this is something I'm going to have to bone up on um, because I'll just take a second and announce. So if people don't know, you've still got a month to become a Rec Poker Premium member. If you're a member on June 1st, if you're a premium member on June 1st, uh, we're going to do a draw. In fact, Taylor is going to host the draw. We're going to do it on June 2nd, on Thursday night, on Taylor's Twitch stream. Um, go to twitch.tv slash Rec Poker uh, to join us there for free. And we're going to take a look at all the premium members that uh, were members on June 1st. We're going to draw a name out of that hat. And that player is going to get stuck with this guy um, playing in the tag team event as a partner. Um, and, we're going to cover your entry. All you got to do is get down there. And when you say you're going to have to bone up, I guess you're, you're calling your shot then that you're going to be in some deep ICM, <laughs> you know, some end game for, I, for the bracelet. I hope so. I mean, yeah. why even show up otherwise? That is absolutely the plan. I mean, we'll see. Um, I do feel sorry for my partner because I have a habit of kind of like just punting things off as soon as stacks get short. So maybe ICM won't be as much of a factor for us in that particular case. <laughs> but that is going to be a lot of fun. And so do join up, come be a premium member. Even if it's just for a month, you can use the code RECPOKER and get your first month for five bucks and uh, enter, enter into the contest. And maybe uh, maybe we'll go play some cards together. Yeah, there's a rumor going around that you might be playing another event in the World Series of Poker. I don't know what event that is. Some small little event. I that have they to have. take the credit for that. No, it's true. This one, Kim, Kim engineered this entire thing. Kim, do you want to tell? Uh, do you want to tell the story? Only that I invited you to this series, much to my chagrin. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a few, a few other Rec Poker Premium members and and Rec Poker members like Kim um, were playing in this uh, satellite league for a main event seat uh, over the last. Uh, it's supposed to be one a month, and then COVID came around and screwed this up. So we actually just played the eighth game out of eight on Saturday. And your boy luck boxed into first place. So Let's that's go. right. Yes, sir. It is happening. We got, we're going to have a, a, a rec poker uh, in the main event. Uh, hopefully I'm not the only one. You never know. Some other, some other seats out there to be won. And I know um, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, successful businessmen and women over here at rec poker that can go and play in the main event whenever they like, like it's nothing. Uh, but for me, oh boy, this is a big, exciting deal. Um, I do not have $10,000 sitting around to go spend on a poker tournament. Uh, so I, I was, ex I've been like, ever since game seven, I had a lead in the tournament and I have just been like, Oh God, let's just get, get game eight here. I need to be finished <laughs> with game eight. This is stressing me out. Um, yes. And, uh, and Kim will be quick to point out that I also have a little ICM studying to do, um, particularly when it comes to <laughs> shoving into under the gun, <laughs> under the gun opens. <laughs> You might but, have to learn a little patience if you're going yeah. to be playing in the main event. That's oh, the key. It's a what six, seven day, seven day, and then final table. So you, yeah, yeah, you got to get your they, spots. Uh, two hour levels. Two it's hour like, levels. Yeah. yeah, it's like holy mackerel. Yeah. So so honestly, Rec Poker Nation, if you're still tuned in, I need all the help I can get. If you've played in the main event before, send me an email or tweet me and just give me some tips on what I can do to prepare best. I'm definitely going to be asking everybody for all the help possible. I'm going to be leaning on all our learning partners <laughs> for some coaching stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this. So um, uh, yeah. So we'll just see. We'll just see. Joe says uh, he found 10,000 in his couch. Yeah, exactly. Joe, you know what I'm talking about. I'll see you down there for the main, just another July. Uh, yep. Gotcha. <laughs> hey, Joe's been cracking up on his uh, on his material too. I wouldn't be surprised if Joe could have an edge on the field in there. This is uh, Joseph Coolis is another premium member who's been uh, re getting really active in the forums and our strategy conversations lately. So you never know, Joe. Um, and Martha uh, chimes in, say, "Nice guest to have." Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Drew's uh, Drew's a fun uh, fun guest and a, a great guy. So looking forward to hearing a little more more from them. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, so let me see. What else should we talk about, folks? That's got to be pretty close to uh, covering everything. It's never too late to say if you get to see John Somsky in the wild, buy him a beer, send me a photo. I'll buy you a beer in Vegas. Uh, and now I know when I'll be there. And I guess that's another thing. Um, we're not doing a rec poker house this year. But if I thought maybe we would just post in the forums in, in Kim's travel adventures forum, uh, if people are going to be down there at the same time and they can like I got two queen beds in my hotel the whole time I'm there, I'm only going to use one of them if someone else wants to throw down on the hotel bill and, and hang out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Taylor. There you go. Um, and I'm sure other people will be in the same situation. So even though we're not going to do a rec poker house, I still think we can kind of arrange some living arrangements that keep and some meetups. We'll yeah, some it's a meetups. Meet exactly. Like I, I'd like to, if, if people are down there, maybe, maybe why don't, we're all going to, uh, Kim, why don't you and I, and whoever else is going to go down there, we'll just post a forum with some dates that we're going to be down there. And if we can, uh, yeah, I can start it up folks. in the, in the group. Yeah, the group that'd forum. be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Cause it's like we were saying with Drew, it's kind of hard to arrange things because you don't know when people are going to be busting out of tournaments and that kind of thing. But it's just criminal to get so many rec poker folks together and not, uh, and not get together like that. All right. Well, anything else on people's minds? Should we release these poor hostages that we've locked in the YouTube <laughs> studio and uh, let them get on with their with their day? I guess I think I think so. I want to thank um, Joe and Martha and uh, Type Login, who I think is Michael, but I don't want to I don't want to say. Well, I guess I already did just there, um, and a few other folks that are watching in the YouTube. Of course, uh, Ben on Drew himself and. Um, uh, Taylor, Kim, Rob, and Chris. I got to thank uh, Keith, who is here, uh, the Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino and Website Amp. But most of all, you, the listeners, thank you so much. See you guys soon.